Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Turnbuckle Takeover. This is episode 14. I'm your host, Billy Bailey, and I think it's time to get down to some wrestling. <laughs> How you guys doing? Sorry I was late this week. Uh, I'm a couple days late. I understand that. My bad. My apologies. <sighs> Life stuff happens. So, this week was awesome in wrestling. There were a few things that happened I was really cool with. There's a few things that I predicted. This week we're going to do the state of the WWE. We're going to do the state of Impact. And we're going to do the state of Ring of Honor. And we're also going to do the state of AEW. So, that being said, I'm going to run down a tidbits where I've been a couple days late. We've seen Double or Nothing. That was on pay-per-view. We also got a chance to see some... Decent WWE TV. Not good, not bad. Some things were good, some things were bad. I'm not getting into every single thing that was on the show. If I don't mention it, maybe it wasn't good enough to mention. There's just too many shows on right now for me to write down 10 pages of stuff, look at it, and be like, well, there's nothing for me to talk about here because that's just not worth talking about. So let's get into some tidbits. That's what we're going to do from now on, I think, to run down the shows. We're going to give you a deep discussion on the stuff that means something. The stuff that doesn't, we'll have maybe a rant session for it. Maybe we'll slide into some stuff every once in a while. But the good, good stuff is what we're going to touch on this week because I want to get into the state of all these promotions during this pandemic. I think it, like, their stories are so different in many different ways because you have semi-indie companies, you have indie companies, you have a number two, and you have a number one. And we'll get into that. So let's get into the tidbits. Let's go ahead with some WWE news. Last night on SmackDown was probably the weirdest SmackDown I have ever watched. I'm not really sure what they were smoking last night. Um, must have been good. Must have somehow got a whole RVD. I'm not exactly sure. But um, they did an angle with Jeff Hardy. Now look. Guys, you got to keep this in mind. Jeff Hardy loves professional wrestling. He eats it up. Nothing wrong with that. He respects it. He's going to do whatever they tell him to do. And if this is the angle they came up with, he agreed to it. So the people on the internet that have a problem with the Jeff Hardy angle, there is no way he would have done that. Or they would have came to him and asked him to do that, I don't think. I could be wrong, but Jeff Hardy's a big boy. It's not like he's a youngin'. He's an older guy who's basically, let's be honest, they're trying to make him relevant again. He seems clean. He seems like he's on his A game. I can kind of tell when he's messed up in a ring. But, I mean, it sounds like he's got past his demons. I know I've said this before. Give Jeff a chance. Jeff's one of them. Like, he, when it was with him and Matt, to me, they were my new rockers. When they came around, it was like, oh, there's this generation's rockers. That's how I felt. That's how I feel with the Young Bucks. With AEW. They're like our rockers today, but man, they're like way better. Like, no disrespect to Sean and Marty. They're originators of the um, specialty tag team wrestling. Um, so... The Jeff Hardy situation is just an angle. Although when they started SmackDown off, I found it so weird that they did another battle royal. 
like, how about like a triple threat or like a gauntlet match? Winner at the end gets the number one contender. They could have stretched that through the whole show. I think they did it on Raw one night with the U.S. title, I think, recently. Um, so, <sighs> battle rolls don't work for number one contenderships sometimes. It's just very boring way to get the number one contendership to somebody, especially when there's guys... Because fans look at it like, well, that guy deserved it more than he did, and it's never the guy who you think is going to win the battle roll. So, I mean, we do get Daniel Bryan and AJ in the end of it, so scratch everything. I guess we're setting up an angle. Jeff got, gets attacked. Elias got attacked in the back. I'm assuming it's the hacker. I don't know at this point. Who knows? Um... WWE has weird things, like, way of getting into things. Like, you predict the ending, but the getting there is, is not the way that you would think. They go, like, off, way off of, like, left field with some things. Like, the Otis and Mandy thing, if you don't see her turning heel on this guy, then, I don't know. That's my prediction. She's gonna, she's, she's gonna turn on Otis, and she's gonna be a dashedly, like, hopefully heel and hopefully they put her with somebody good, and it would, it, I think it'd be awesome, um, I, I mean, she's, you know, she's, a, she's alright, we'll see where it goes, uh, Matt Riddle moves to SmackDown, another little SmackDown tidbit, Raw this week was just so lackluster, there's just hardly anything to talk about, like, that's how I feel, the Braun Strowman, the Miz, and, 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 Morrison stuff. I don't believe that's going to be a title change. I don't see the belt coming off of Drew McIntyre. Don't care who he's taking on. It doesn't matter. That belt is not coming off of Drew McIntyre until the time is right. And there is no way the time is right right now. Um, for NXT, uh, the Matt Riddle, Thatcher, um, scaffold, cage with no ropes match looked very MMA, which was the point. Um... It came off good with some good spots. I don't know. I think it was just a way to get him out of NXT, and that's fine. Uh, and we got Dream and Cole for NXT in your house, which I love that so much. I'm so glad they brought in your house back. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. It just reminds me of being a kid, I guess, sometimes. Um, in your house, I loved in your house. I loved the main events for in your house. We're usually always good, and there was always, like, one match, either at the beginning of the show or, like, somewhere in the middle that was a really good tag match. Um, and I'm going to get into not a big rant about the tag division. I've been talking about tag teams a lot here lately. I don't want to continue down repeating myself on the same road. Then there's no point in y'all listening to me. Um, I mean, really, that's WWE this week. The, the tag teams have got, like, the New Day is probably going to start feuding with Forgotten Sons. Um, I mean, you're probably going to see the Street Profits do their thing with the, the Viking Raiders with this putt-putt golf. I wasn't going to mention it. It's just so stupid. Let's get back in the ring. Let's get some serious stuff going on. We're getting ready, I hope wrestling is getting ready to get out of this pandemic if we know Vince McMahon he'll find a way to put 500 people in the building he'll be happy and, and as he can be because he makes his money off of network money which means the WWE network which means Fox which means you know USA let's be real they're paying these wrestlers contracts Vince is making the money I mean that's just how it goes 
Like, I'm pretty sure that most of those contracts are taken care of just through the Fox deal. And then you get the revenue from, you know, you know and I'll get into this, but uh, let's get to the AEW news uh, this week. Um, the, this has got to be the biggest news, I mean, for AEW. I mean, if you're, if you're talking tag team wrestling, the revival has now just shown up as FTR, which, if you know the initials, you know what that means. Oh my God. The Young Bucks against FTR is going to be, I, I, there is no explanation how good I think that match is going to be. I hope it lives up to my expectations, but then you got them and the Lucha Bros once this pandemic ends and Pentagon Jr. can get out of Mexico, uh, and that's why you haven't seen him lately. I found that out a couple days ago reading some news. Um, you know, so there's a lot of tag teams. I think they're going to have good matches with SCU, although with SCU, I see dissension, so I don't know where SCU is going. Uh, I like the worst town I've ever been in gimmick. That was cool, but they're not heels now, so it's not cool to say that anymore. So that doesn't really make a difference, but, I mean, you have the Butcher and the Blade. Let's see what they can pull out of them. Um, I could actually see them maybe being a weird group. I don't know why. They just seem like they could make them into some kind of faction. I don't know. That's just me thinking, brainstorming. Um, Cody is the new TNT champion. Um, he beat Lance Archer. Um, I've seen it coming. Cody, did, I wouldn't say, I guess, yeah, say it. He deserves it. He's uh, put this company on his back uh, backstage and in front of the camera. Uh, he's not the world champion, so I'm absolutely okay with this. I don't see the problem. I don't understand why the internet's complaining. You want him out of WWE, and once he gets out of WWE, he wins a belt, and then you're against him again. Like, what is he not ever supposed to win a title? Because he he's an ex-WWE guy, and but you gotta understand, he's, he's not so-called running the whole thing. But he's a, a general manager, pretty much. And he's taken his amount of losses. He's won quite a bit, but he's taken losses. Like, look at Kenny Omega. My gosh, I'll pull his record up in a little bit once I get into the state of AEW. So I'm right at where I want to be. Um, Matt Hardy's versions. Like, we're getting, like, every kind of Matt Hardy version. Like, uh, version one we've seen on the pay-per-view. Um, he went back to his 2009 tights this week, which I loved it. Um, we get Broken Matt, we get all the versions of Matt at the pay-per-view with him teaming with the Young Bucks. I thought for sure, well, the Elite, I should say, but I thought for sure he was going to come out in the Bucks, like his old Hardy's gear with the light clad, and like, I, got, I was wrong. I thought that's what he was going to do. Uh, so he threw a curveball with the, uh, the not-so-long Matt gimmick, I guess. Um... Brian Cage has showed up in AEW. Um, I have a weird issue with this. Now, I knew he was leaving Impact. So for people out there who think I just have a problem with this because he left Impact is not the deal. I have a problem with what they said when they originally opened the promotion. It was going to be, you weren't just going to right up to the level of being a number one contender, 
without going through a ranking system. And there is a ranking system, and once I get it up online in a minute, um, I will show you that. Um, well, not show you, but tell you about it. Um, he wins a battle roll to become the number one contender. Okay? Which means, in his first match, he's the number one contender. If he don't... And, 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 and he's with Taz, which I love it. I get the idea. Human suplex machine. I mean, they, Brian Cage is the machine. It, 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 it just makes sense. I love that. Taz really can't do anything, so... As far as him getting involved, he might triple leg up. Maybe he can choke somebody out. But um, I'm interested to see where it goes. I just think they rushed him to a, a title opportunity. Um, if you've got to move through the rankings, then he needs to go through the rankings. You build a star. Come on, Cody. Come on, Bucks. Like you have to stick. At some point, you have to stick with traditional wrestling, like storyline. You don't have to... Everything doesn't have to be new and fresh. Case in point, brother versus brother. Cody versus Dustin. It, it's old school wrestling. Two brothers. I mean, brothers have been fighting since the beginning of time. It's, it's either in a fun way or a joking way or a serious way. Sometimes just brothers don't see eye to eye. I personally, my brother's a lot older. Some brothers just don't see eye to eye on every single thing. So, I mean, I get it, but let's see where Brian Cage goes. Um, let's see. Um, I don't know. I just think they're rushing this. Like, let's build him up as a monster because, hey, let's be honest. Not everybody watches Impact, which you all blow my mind if you don't. It's easy to find. If you don't have Access TV, you got Twitch. They're tearing it up on TV right now. It's ridiculous. They have no crowd, and they've literally, like, done not as well as AEW, but right underneath them better than WWE has done for their live shows with their fake NXT crowd. And I'm getting into that with the state of WWE in a minute. So, um, one more. Uh, Tyson and Jericho had another confrontation. I don't know where this is going. I don't know if this is the end of this. Um, it felt very WWE-ish. It felt like I was watching 1998 all over again, which, nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's Mike Tyson still. It came across okay. It didn't come up horrible, like some of the things in WWE that fails. Um, so, Tyson knows how to be a wrestler. Like, he gets it. He's a fan. He's a huge wrestling fan. So, I mean, there you go. Mike Tyson... Jericho, if you watched it, you got a laugh out of it. I just didn't even know how to react. I laughed a little, and I was like, where is this going to go? And then there was a bunch of UFC guys, and I, I didn't even write their names down because I don't care about UFC. So, you all know how I feel about that shit. Sorry for the cussing, but it's the truth. Um, that is the basic news for wrestling this week. Uh, Impact had... They had the, the, the semifinals for a number one contenders match, uh, and it ended up being Ace Austin and Trey in the finals, not who I expected and not who I wanted. So they need to take a step back. I know they're trying to build some stars, and I think this Trey kid's going to be something, but it's not the time to build without a crowd right now too much. And I felt like Impact is really taking this time to really, um, excuse me, 
has taken this time to um, try to build some new guys. And I get it. They've signed a lot of people. There's a lot of indie guys. Like the, the uh, was it Dana uh, or uh, Riezo girl or whatever her name is. I can't remember. She's an NXT chick. She showed up and the internet blew up about it. And I'm like, Pizzazzo or whatever, yeah, I think is her last name. So, like, whatever. I mean, it started trending on Twitter. And I was like, how is Impact trending, trending worldwide, what, two out of the last three weeks? It's good for them. But see, here's the thing. You can't figure out about Axis's numbers because they're, prior, they're a privately owned network. They're not a, like, they're not a national network. So they don't have to release their ratings. So I don't even know what TNA or Impact's wrong. See, and I here I go again calling it TNA because they keep throwing TNA on TV with Moose and the TNA title. So neither here nor there. That makes no sense. I hate that, by the way. Uh, if TNA's dead, leave it in the past. So I'm going to scratch that off. We're done with talking about promotions. Um, I want to thank everybody again. Let's take a break. We're at the 17-minute mark. I'm going to uh, take a break real quick. Gives us about 30-some, 40 minutes. To talk about what we need to talk about. Uh, I hope everybody's doing okay out there. Um, I know I'm uh, unemployment's ran out, so I'm gonna see uh, what's gonna happen in the next few weeks with me. Uh, hopefully, I'll be back to work. Uh, I don't know if I can go to work because of Nikki and other things with their underlying breathing problems. I don't want to give her this virus; it stinks. So let's get on to the state of every promotion right now. In wrestling this is not going to be crazy huge elaborate we're just gonna see where everybody is right now kind of like a before and after type thing what's gonna happen when we do come back to a crowd when we do come back to uh, being able to go buy a ticket to watch a wrestling show at an Indies or, or, or how is things gonna be different how, how are, are these wrestling companies going to be able to afford to social distance because let's be honest, if I'm staying six feet apart, people, I mean, let's do the math here, you know, six times six is 36, so there's about 20, what, 20 people in the front row on each side sometimes, so you're looking at having 20 to the four-sided ring, that's 80, so you're looking at having, like, anywhere between... 14 people on each side spaced out by every other chair. It's going to look really weird, dude. It's going to look really weird for the product. Um, for everybody. But let's get into the state of WWE first. Let's be honest. First and foremost, I'm starting off with the good of the WWE. The good of the WWE is the roster. Okay? And I love what they've done in the last few weeks. Now... I'm starting to see some guys come back, so I'm a little worried. Not the ones that didn't, but they need to trim this roster a long time ago. This is not 2001. We are not in the invasion era where they just bought WCW and they bought ECW. We are in the era of it being WWE and NXT. That's where we are. They NXT is the farm system now for WWE. There's no other way to look at it. Yes! They are on TV because the fans love it. Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to say in the last couple weeks, I've actually enjoyed NXT. Cage match was a little much. It's lip time. Um, 
I've been real interested with some of the things NXT is doing. Choppa and, and uh, Cross are going to be awesome. I think that match is going to be good at, in your house. But the state of the WWE as a whole on a business model, where we're going at right now is, in the middle of this pandemic, we're not having any ticket revenue. That does not really affect WWE as it does the other companies. These other companies rely on people walking through the door. And this this is the same for AEW. Okay, this is not... AEW's not out of the woods on what I'm about to say. Just because they've got a national TV deal. And they are still only a year old. And that's baby. That's an infant in a wrestling business. That's a... That's a newborn. Ask Impact Wrestling when it was TNA. They can tell you all about growing pains. They are just now becoming a teenager. Vince McMahon's like, you know, WWE, you want to get back. I mean, you get real technical. The WWE was actually the WWWF. And, and I mean, this thing goes back way before Vince Jr. You got Vince Sr., you got history. The WWE has a lot of history. They are what every household in this world knows. You walk into Walmart, well, brick and mortar stores. So Hot Topic, FYE, Walmart, all them. You're going to find something WWE. I don't care if it's a lot of stuff. Nowadays it's not. Compared to when I was growing up, you could walk in t-shirt aisle, there was wrestling shirts. There was action figures everywhere. There was movies everywhere. There was food that was WWE themed. There was cereal. Now there's the ice cream bars, which they're back. Yay, I have one in my hand. I didn't buy it. I'm a little mad. But, um, <laughs> I have the Raw roster pulled up here. And we were talking earlier about guys being released. Let's start off with the Raw. Uh, Tazawa unnecessary. You still don't need this guy. Um, Apollo Crews is the United States champion. I don't understand. Whatever. I guess they're trying to build him. Angels are Garza I like. Um, Big Show is a staple of the WWE. Um, this Austin Theory, they're building him. Uh, Lashley's the man. You know how I feel. Um, but I would like guys like Cedric Alexander, um, Jason Jordan, which he's working backstage. He can never even wrestle again. Jinder Mahal, no one cares about you. Um, some of the women, like, I like Truth. Truth is hilarious. Um, I'll keep him around for comedy. Um, but Rydrick Moss, I mean, I'd let Shelton go to the Indies and maybe do something. I guess Samoa Joe is now the new announcer on um, Raw in place of Lawler. So I don't know what is going on with his career. But other than that, the Raw roster is pretty um, stacked the way you look at it. I mean, it really is. Um, I don't know why WWE has Vince McMahon listed on their Raw roster when he's the owner. But whatever. Um, but some of the announcers could go. and uh, David Untoga can, can go. <laughs> Sorry, I got to look in. Um, Lana can go. Uh, I mean, there's a lot more of uh, fat to trim. You get what I'm saying? Like, uh, let's let's get on over here to SmackDown roster. Um, I mean, of course, you'd never get rid of AJ. 
Uh, Bailey, Alexa Bliss is good. Big E's good. Bo Dallas is probably about to do something with the Fiend, so let's keep him around. Um, Dana Brooke, I don't want to see any more of her. I am not a fan of Elias. Uh, I, I know there are people that are. I'm not. Amber Moon's, Amber Moon's career is probably done. Um, I'd like to see these luchadors either be put in a real cruiserweight division and actually like do what WCW used to do where the cruiserweight match would go on first to get the crowd hot so they can be hot at the end of the show. It makes a lot of sense. The best thing Nitro ever did. best thing WCW ever did was get a bunch of cruiserweights. Um... Calistio, I'd like to see him maybe go to CMLL. Uh, Lars Sullivan needs to go based on the history of whatever happened with his deal. Uh, Maurice is a wasted spot, even though she's not going nowhere because the Miz is a big deal. Um, Mickey James, I haven't seen her based off an injury. I'd like to see her go back to Impact, actually. Uh, Mojo Riley can go. Um, not a big fan of him, but he'll probably stick around because Grant's there, which I wish that would end too. Uh, I hope. I wish. Robert Roode would get a little bit more something, but um, I think he's in Canada, so I don't, I could be wrong, but they haven't really talked about Roode much lately. Uh, of course, Roman Reigns is out of action because of his immune system. Um, I mean, Shorty G needs to go. If he's not Chad Gable, he needs to go. Um, I see Tucker getting lost in, in a the weeds, I guess, maybe getting a new gimmick, but he's got to go too. Um, I mean, the roster has really thinned out for the most part. Um, I know they signed Gulak back, but I mean, it's very small compared to what it was. So I'm hoping that this brand extension is getting ready to be over with soon. Maybe at this year's Survivor Series. I don't know. Like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but. I don't know if they're clearing room for... I mean, you can add Riddle on this list, even though they had not... Yeah, they did. They did add him. Uh, so they do have him on the roster already. Um, as far as NXT, this is where it's going to get interesting for the state of WWE. Um, you know, Cole's on his way to Raw. Um, I'm assuming so is the Undisputed Era. Um, rest of these guys look like they're lost in a shuffle probably going to be in NXT for a while. Um, there's nobody else that really stands out unless Finn Balor or Pete Dunne or um, let's see here Chop ever decides he wants to go. Maybe Dream will roll in there this year. That Thatcher guy's gotten over a little bit. Um, just a lot of building I see needs to go into the NXT roster. I don't understand why Fandango is still on the roster. Goodbye. You need to go. It's Dexter Loomis guy. I never cared for him when he was Shawl and Impact. Uh, so that's that's the rundown of where we are uh, roster-wise. And uh, I mean, they have in the last couple months trimmed. I just hope they don't bring some of the dead weight back. Um, so we're gonna see where um, WWE goes financially and business-wise. Um, I'm a little concerned for the business don't have a crowd a crowd tells you who to put your money behind let me give you an example not trying to keep going back to the 80s but I got to you can go with Hogan Dusty and Sting as being the three that stuck out in my mind a crowd wanted them to win no matter what how long yes there was Hogan who 
lost matches by count out after getting hit with a foreign object. But Hogan never got pinned. Dusty very rarely got pinned unless he was doing some kind of swerve. Sting, when he was... You didn't see him lose either. He was squashing people, learning the business while he was getting over. Um, so, WWE does a real good job of building stars. I want to see where some of these guys can start shine. We need that next John Cena. We we got, I think we got the next Michaels, Adam Cole. But I need that guy who's going to sell me some tickets. And I'm not saying Adam Cole won't. I'm just saying you need the guy that can match him. You need somebody, you need somebody to get over so big. Like, and, and the top five this week, it's funny we're talking about this, is the moments the crowd was over. Thank you, Les, for that. I've got a list going of people who want me to do it. Everybody's going to get their shot every week. So, that's going to be, there's your heel. He's cocky. He's arrogant. you got to find that good baby face. you got to find that believable baby face. And I think Drew's it. I don't know. Maybe they bring in Cole on Raw to feud with Drew McIntyre, which... Alright. Let's see what they can do. I don't think they've ever worked together anywhere before. Um... That's basically the really good of WWE. The bad of WWE is their storylines. It comes down to booking. It's so corny, some of the things they do. Like that money in the bank thing, I still have yet to been able to get over that. Um, some of the, the, the their stuff they're doing with tag teams, like... Tag team wrestling is built on tag team wrestling. It's not built on doing skits. And I understand we're in a pandemic and you've got to work with what you got. But the problem is, is you're not seeing any of their in-ring action. Now, do I want to see the Street Profits against the, the Viking Raiders every week? No, I don't. But let's do some triple threats. Let's get some tag teams like the Lucha House Party. or Let's try to get some of these guys over. If they don't get over, send them packing. That's been the problem with WWE. They hang on to guys that don't get over. Well, if you don't get over, then you're not going to make any money in this business. Then you need to move on. Maybe you go to another promotion. Maybe you get over there. Case in point, there's guys leaving WWE right now that are going to AEW and or Impact, and they're making a, a statement somewhat. Maybe not some more Impact. I don't think they've stole anybody from WWE other than women, which their knockouts division has now... I mean... I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say it right now. Impact has the best women's division. After all the talent they've been scoring, I've been watching all these indie girls that they have. Man, it's crazy. But I don't want to jump around. The bad of the WWE is we really need to learn how. We need to get some wrestling writers in the back. They know how to do comedy and they know how to book wrestling. The Hollywood writers don't, and they just fired a SmackDown writer. That's a rumor, but I'll say it. Because it's what we're talking about. So that D. Joseph dude is gone. I don't even know who he is. And don't care. It's time to book wrestling again, WWE. If you want to get your fans back, you've got to book wrestling. And calling Edge versus Orton the greatest match ever is not a smart thing to do. Because if they crap the bed. Especially when Edge has only been in the ring, what, twice in how many years? 
and you're going to throw that on him and you know, Jesus talk about pressure like I mean Edge can handle any kind of pressure but whew, it's brutal like you're killing me guys like um so I'm going to go hit on and and I mean that's that's really I don't think WWE has much to worry about financially people's like oh well you know just because they got a lot of money doesn't mean that um you know that uh they're gonna be okay yeah it does they have plenty of money they're gonna be fine it's companies like AEW Ring of Honor MLW NWA they're the I mean they're in some tough shape so anyway let's get to AEW the state of AEW the good right now is I'd have to say they really know how to showcase their stars they know how to build a fan base and that's something that WWE needs to work on they need to get their fans back and AEW is in a funny place because they're on a different wheel than what WWE WWE is actually okay with the fans that they have they have over what I mean basically when you get done with the DVR numbers and everything it's like 2.3 2.5 million people who watch Raw every week now you see the Nelson numbers come in but they don't count with DVR numbers there's a lot of people that DVR raw. In fact, everybody I know, I think I'm the only one that watches raw exactly when it comes on at eight o'clock. I have one friend who watches it, lets it record a little bit. Actually, I have two or three friends that let it record a little bit and about nine o'clock they turn it on. So they can fast forward if they're anything good. By the time they get done watching what they did want to watch, they still haven't called up, so the show's over and they can still fast forward. It's actually a pretty cool method to do. Um, but uh, as far as like AEW's roster, they have the best workers. Except when you hit to the mid-card status. Like if you go down and go on their page, and I'm on it right now, and I'm looking. And I'm looking at the roster. Okay, so I mean the coaches are cool. You got Lynn, you got Billy Gunn, you got Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. They're good people to learn from. Referees I really don't have an issue with too much um the paul turner dude is a little slow on his counts um i did notice that uh their announce team and their announcers are like top par like I, except for the backstage alex marvez guy i think they should just never put him on tv again uh the woman's division speaks for itself y'all know uh, awesome kong's gone they don't even know if awesome kong's ever going to be able to work again her record is one and out uh and back to this records thing if this record thing meant anything in AEW, there shouldn't have been a number one contenders match in a battle world. It should have been the guys who had the best records, not the guy who just came into the company even allowed into the battle world yet, if you were talking about rankings. Um, but you got, like, Sadie Gibbs, I don't even know who that is, Rio, Penelope Ford, um, Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander, Mel Cheetah, who's the champion now she wanted a double or nothing Britt Baker is about the only one her and Big Swole are about the I like Cheetah too uh, but they're like those three are about the only three who I really care about the rest of the vision is the Drizzlins um, now let's get up here to the guys um, I mean the roster's pretty top notch Adam Page is the man um, Alex Reynolds eh Austin Gunn, which is Billy Gunn's son. Uh, he looks just like him. It's really weird. 
Uh, of course, Brody Lee. Brandon Cutler, he's just a friend of theirs. He needs to go. Uh, you got Cash Wheeler, which is the rival. Uh, Jericho, of course, is the man. You got Brian Cage, he's a great addition. Christopher Daniels is a great veteran. Uh, Chuck Taylor, part of the best friends. Seema, part of the strong hearts with Kenny, but they're not a tag team now, which doesn't make any sense. So I guess it'd be QT, I guess. Cody, Coke Cabana, Darby Allen. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, Evil Uno, which uh, some of these guys should not have jobs. Marcus Stunt, John Silver, I don't even know who you are. The Marcus Stunt guy really gets to me. Really bad. Uh, the rest of the roster, Peter Avalon, uh, the librarian dude can go. That didn't go over well. I don't really care about QT Marshall. Uh, Sony Kiss, I'm not, that does nothing for me. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more out of Warlow. He's 4-1. He looks like a... They're teasing him in MJF problems. So I want to see where that goes. I don't know if they're going to turn that kid babyface or what. Of course, Trent Barretta is a great worker. Uh, Scorpio Sky is a great worker. Sean Spears. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like he's fell on the wayside. But his record... His record is 4-2, but his tag team record is 1-6. So I guess they're playing that angle where he needs a tag team still. And he keeps losing when the guys are just... You know, trying out, I guess. I mean, of course, you got the Bucks' greatest tag team right now. Matt Hardy, who just keeps in her, you know, reinventing himself. Kenny Omega is probably the best worker in the in states right now. Um, Moxley, of course, which is a big WWE name to have on your roster. Um, I mean, and the, their roster is pretty, pretty top notch, except for the mid Carters and the women. They they really need to go find some people who can really work some good matches uh, mid card. Um, now, as far as the bad of AEW, I, this is where it gets bad for them. Um, this pandemic couldn't happen at the worst time for them. Timing is everything in the wrestling business. Hawkamania was a good time, and Austin was at the perfect time, right place, right time. The Rock come in just as Austin was starting to go out. It all works out. It's so weird. It's just how it works in the wrestling business. That was not good for them. This is not good for them. They need revenue. They need ticket sales. They need people to come watch their show. They are a, I mean, infant in the wrestling business. They are not out of the woods yet of being criticized. They are not out of the woods yet of being. I find it a little strange that they're automatically number two. And I get people put them number two because they're the easiest other wrestling promotion to find other than WWE on TV. So the number two statement, but shouldn't it be Impact or Ring of Honor? Because, I mean,. Maybe not because of ticket sales and other stuff, but I'm talking longevity. I don't know how Impact has even survived the atomic bombs and nuclear war that they've went through. But they are like the cockroach of wrestling. They don't die. You can't kill it. Ring of Honor's done some amazing things, but with the AEW guys. Which I'm starting to figure out as I'm watching all those Ring of Honor DVDs. When there's not those guys that went to AEW on that roster, then it really doesn't work out. Like, Ring of Honor doesn't have much. Like, they have Jay Lethal, but... Uh, Kingdom... Uh, they're, they're just... like, And I have heard nothing from them in this pandemic. Other than going on YouTube and putting matches of the Young Bucks, Paige and Kenny on there. And I'm like, okay, I get you trying to get hits for the channel. And Impact does the same thing. They put a bunch of WWE guy matches on there to try to get hits. I get it. But you gotta get your new guys over. 
and that's something that a lot of these, I mean, and even AEW sometimes has a problem with it, because it's like, okay, you got all these mid-carders, there's nobody, maybe Kip Sabian, I don't consider MJF a mid-carder, I consider him the best heel in the promotion without the title. So, I mean, I don't know. I want to see the belts, tag team belts, off of Kenny and Adam Page because I want to see a tag team with those belts. And now that we had the Revival, I have a feeling the Revival is probably going to go on a big winning streak. They may even beat the Bucks, and they may get the tag team titles just to stick it to WWE. So, uh, somebody asked me the other day, they were like, do you see Jeff Hardy going to AEW? And my exact words were, no. Not if Vince has anything to do with it. He ain't going to let him go again. Because I'd have to say the hype of TNA really happened when Jeff really came. Like, that was the, like, whoa. So, I mean, if they do get a Hardy Boys, man, you got the Hardys who can be Brother Nero with Broken Matt. They go back to being fresh again. They go back to being cool again. I don't know. I hope it happens. Me personally, I hope it happens. Uh, sometimes the Hardys get lost in the shuffle. Sometimes in WWE. They did this time with this run. They got lost in the shuffle. So, my word of advice, I guess, to AEW is build your Meg Carters and get your merchandise out to these brick-and-mortar stores so you can get people who live in these rural areas like where I live at who understand or even know what AEW is. If people don't turn on TNT, I mean, I have seen... AEW commercials not on TNT for the promotion but I, like we need to like the one of the biggest things and one of the reasons why WWE took off the way they did and I know I don't want to keep going on about merchandise but it is a big deal you don't have merchandise that means you don't have eyes on your product I just got done paying $50 for double or nothing and it was the highest rated pay-per-view rate they've had as a company yet. They did 120,000 buys. That's a lot in the middle of a pandemic. What would those numbers have been had we not been in the middle of a pandemic? Been interesting. Would they have hit? I mean, did we get half of what they would have got? You know what I mean? Would they hit, would, would, would the buy rate been around 300,000? That would have been insane for a wrestling pay-per-view in this day and age. Absolutely insane. So I like where they're going. Their numbers are going up. I want to see t-shirts. I want to see action figures. Wish they're coming. I want to see a video game. Wish they're coming in due time. But I think after that takes off, we might see AEW really have a wave. Because once you get a video game out and people play your video game out, they want to know what it's all about in real life. Case in point, let me give you superheroes with comics. When Marvel started making the superhero movies, people are like, what? This is awesome. And then Avengers comes out, and it's the highest grossing movie of all time, I believe, if I'm correct. They beat Avatar. Same thing goes for wrestling. If you, you know, how awesome would it be if you walked into a store? where you go to buy Blu-rays or DVDs, and there was a collection of AEW with all their pay-per-views for, I don't know, you've already made the money off of it. Let's say you put the price tag at 40 bucks, and you get every pay-per-view from last year, which is four or five four-hour pay-per-views. 
I'd pay it. I'm paying ten dollars pay per view on DVD or Blu-ray. Sign me up. Cody asked about it on Twitter one day, and everybody's like, "Yes, please." Like we collect. And see, that's was what. That's the thing. I, like I'm the same way. I collect DVDs. It's not so much that I want to have a collection, but I mean, like the ones I want are ones I want. So I mean, that's my advice to AEW: build the new guys. Try to get somebody else over other than WWE guy, and don't fall into the rut Impact did. What we're going on 13 years now, when they signed every ex WWE guy, doesn't work. Sign certain ones, get the ones you want. You don't have to sign everybody. Um, I have a feeling Zach Ryder, Matt's going to be going there. Then they can tie in the figure podcast thing, which would be really cool. But I have a feeling he's buddies with them. I mean, let's just be honest, certain situations are going to bring him there anyway, so let's have at it. That's the state of, I guess, number one and number two. Uh, you know, I guess I really could have done a whole state of the WWE, like a whole show. kind of just wanted to touch on, see where we're going during the pandemic. Uh, so let's go with the state of Impact and Ring of Honor. This is going to be really quick. I'm at 45 minutes, so give me about five minutes on this. They need to do what they're doing right now. Well, not Ring of Honor, but Impact. Impact is building their young guys. They're signing new people. They're making a big deal about it when they really got nothing to offer during the pandemic other than shows without crowds, which I think the next tapings from what I read is going to have six-foot distancing with workers from the indies and stuff surrounding the ring. problem with that, Impact's a small company. It costs money for them to pay people to travel. That's tough for them to do unless they just put the roster around the ring, which... I mean, AEW's doing the same thing. Although, if anybody noticed Dynamite this week, you notice all the people in the crowd. Or was that just me? They had them spread out, but they were on, like, the ends of, like, because the building's shaped weird. It's like a baseball diamond in a weird way. But you could see them, like, a, like not in the middle, but on the two sides. You could see, um, a, it was a lot of people. It was way more than what they should have had. I'm sure it was the dude's girlfriends or whatever, but... Uh, Impact hasn't gone that route. They did a rebellion on TV instead of pay-per-view. They lost revenue off of that. Um, I would have to say the, the good of the Impact division would have to probably be their women's division. Their guys are lack luster. I'd go through the roster, but uh, we need a lot of like releases, and we need to kind of hit the reset button on some of the guys. The mid-carders are horrible in Impact. Their tag teams are used to be great. They've lost everybody. They need to go find some tag teams. I like the North. Um, as far as Ring of Honor and their roster, that's the bad for them because they they are in some shit. <laughs> like I don't know how to put it. Anybody that AEW knows is good in the indie scene is either going to want to go to AEW, WWE, or Impact. I'm sorry, that's just the truth. You get lost in the shuffle at Ring of Honor. And the main thing is, I get from people, where, what channels Ring of Honor even come on? Come find out. I just found it the other day on my TV and didn't even know it was on Stadium TV and I actually had the channel. So I guess I'll start watching a little bit of Ring of Honor. I just can't get into their stars. They don't build talent worth a crap. They steal it from the indies and try to work with it. That's basically what they do with it. Back in the day, they were different. They built stars. They had an indie, you know, there, there wasn't an AEW. Um... TNA had kind of just, like, started around the same time Ring of Honor did, so they always were, like, neck and neck on, like, stealing and sharing talent between each other. 
I've always said it, if these two promotions would just join together under the Impact banner, you can even call it Ring of Honor, but call the show Impact, it would be perfectly fine. You'd have a good set of rosters. There's your number three show. There's your ECW. I mean, the rosters combined with, I mean, Jay Lethal going back to Impact, that's a big deal under Ring of Honor, and then buying and creating an angle. I don't know. It would be interesting TV, I think. Uh, the good of Ring of Honor, I don't know. They're in ring work, like their technical prowess, I guess. Their, their, their matches are pretty good. Um, they just don't have any characters. They don't have guys that can get over. They don't know how to get guys over. I'm really concerned for Ring of Honor. I feel like Ring of Honor, even before the pandemic, like it was just horrible looking at their crowds after the AEW guys. So hopefully they can turn it around. I supported them by buying a bunch of DVDs. Um, which I still haven't watched all of them yet. That's the state of the Indies and Impact and Ring of Honor. We'll see where they go. Hopefully things get back to normal for all these promotions. But this is the state right now. This is like the state for good. So we'll see. We'll come back to this. We'll visit this maybe in six months. Uh, this week's top five moments comes from Les. Um, the crowd. What, like, like what's the most over? A crowd's been, or like the, maybe like I should say the biggest pops. So the top five moments the crowd was over, basically. Uh, this was tough because <laughs> there's so many moments. So here's what I did. Number five, Mankind winning the title from The Rock on Raw when Austin came in and hit The Rock with the, the chair. I guess you could say Mankind and Austin had a huge pop. Huge pop. Um, that was just that was just an awesome moment, and the fact that WCW gave it away, and people turned the TV to go see it happen was even funnier. What a, um, <laughs> what a backfire. So, um, that's number five. That was an awesome moment. That was Mick Foley's moment. That was, I think, anything he did in his career, probably did not match that moment for him. Like. Mr. Stocko in his hand, blood dripping down his face, no mask on. It was just an amazing moment for him. I'm so glad he got that moment. Uh, number four, this one's probably going to surprise you, but I went back and watched this. Okay, so in the 80s, you got to understand, the way we filmed things were different. So when you film something, it doesn't come, the sound is not as good as on a VHS tape as it is a DVD or a Blu-ray just in the format the way they record. It's like analog sound. And if you're ever watching a show on Netflix and it's an old show, you'll have to turn the TV up because the sound is like, you can barely hear it because it's trying to mix digital with analog. So, some things is visual. Case in point, Sting winning the belt from Flair at Great American Bash 90. If you ever go back and watch the ending of that match, the cameras can't, they're, they're, they're vibrating. Like, the guy that's holding the camera is doing everything he can because the sound is so loud. Which is awesome, because Baltimore fans are so loud. Like, they're loud people anyway. But they're loud, and I love it, because even, like, when the Orioles made the playoffs, they had decimal reading. Les will love that, because Les is a huge Orioles fan. Like myself. He's more than, he knows the history way better than I do. But, Baltimore fans are passionate. That's the point I'm getting. It's like... Sting winning the title, it was built for this moment that night, again, being in the right place at the right time, with the right crowd, 
it's like the perfect ingredient for being over the most. There's no other way to put it. Uh, number three, Goldberg beats Hogan in the Georgia Dome on Raw for the title. Oh my God. The, that was another one of them moments where the crowd went nuts. It was loud, but I couldn't imagine. I mean, I could. I could imagine being in that building front row and hearing that crowd go nuts. So that that was a huge moment for Goldberg. That was a huge moment for WCW because they should have cashed in on that on pay-per-view and they cashed in on that on TV and got like huge ratings. Uh, still never understood that. I mean, I get it, but that was the moment that kind of really did, it, it was very impactful in the business because it went from promoters saying, oh, well, I'm not going to have my world title match until the pay-per-view, but now I can do it on my television show and I'll have to wait for the pay-per-view. Interesting. So that was a big turning point in the business. You started seeing a lot more title matches on Raw after that, if you ever noticed. Raw and Nitro both, which Nitro was always big about having the title match at the end. Sometimes it was repetitive, but Goldberg beating Hogan, that was a big deal when I was a kid. Like, I remember that being like, what? That just happened? I mean, everybody kind of thought it and knew it was going to happen because Goldberg was so over. But doing it in the Georgia Dome in front of his hometown, place sold out. Whew. Um, number two, this one was crazy. <laughs> Because this is Hogan and The Rock from Mania 18. I almost put this first. <laughs> but after what I realized I had to put number one as. I was like, alright, well I can't do that. This was insane. You had a complete flip-flop. The heel baby face. The crowd flipped to Hogan. The Rock got it because The Rock gets it. It was an amazing moment. It's just one of those moments you can't even talk about. It's just so good. It's like, we're, like... The Rock and Hulk Hogan says it all. And then the fact that The Rock goes over and the crowd still cheered him at the end. You know, I hate to say this. As much as I think that Bret Hart is over and probably know how over Bret is in Canada. Hulk Hogan is over in Canada. <laughs> I don't know why... But Hogan is so over in Canada. And I was going to put... I didn't want to load this up with Hulk Hogan stuff. But the night that he turned red and yellow in Canada, was the crowd was so loud. And I wanted to put it, but The Rock and Hogan at Mania 18 just trumped that moment. Uh, I don't think you'll ever see a bait switch like that. That was crazy. Um, so number one is Triple H and his return in 2002, that building erupted unlike anything I have ever heard in any wrestling show I have ever watched. You got to think, it's 2001-2002. We were about to go, I mean, sound and video was there enough. They had figured out a way to do it better. But this day and age, if that would have came off on TV with HD, oh my lord. I don't think anybody would be ever... I mean, he comes off an injury. He's due to win the belt. Like, this was this was the time that Triple H transformed himself into the game. Like, he was the game. This, this is putting the unbeatable game. Like, 
best in the business at that point in his career, probably best in the business at that point. There was no one else that was really even close to him, I don't think. I mean, The Rock was on his way out, so Triple H was the guy they were building for. That's the top five this week. Thank you, Les, for contributing. Um, I've got a list. I think DC, you're up next. Josh, you're third. So we're going to keep the top five going. Everybody seems to enjoy it. I enjoy doing it, so I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching this week. Stay safe out there, man. We got riots. We got protests. We got a pandemic. No one's taking anything serious. Uh, stay at home, man. Do yourself a favor. Stay at home. The world will come back. Wrestling will come back. And then we can all go out and do whatever we want. But the longer you all stop and don't listen to people, you know, I guess sometimes your mama didn't whoop you on your ass when you were younger. Because this is killing the wrestling business. I can't take it any. It just sucks. Uh, like I said earlier, for the smaller guys. You guys take care. Again, be safe. This has been your host, William Bailey. Like, subscribe, comment. Please subscribe. It's so easy. It doesn't cost money. The word to subscribe means you're subscribing to my channel to watch me every time I put a video up. That's all subscribe means. So um, I've had people actually ask me, do you have to pay? No, you don't have to pay anything. Now, if you want a hat and a sweatshirt once I get them made after the pandemic's over, sure. I'll see you guys again. I love each and every one of you that watch every week. Thank you for 50, 60, sometimes 70 plus people that watch me between Anchor and Spotify and YouTube. Love you guys. Thank you for the support. You guys take care of yourself. This has been episode 14.